time to come together before you. We ask at this moment, Father, please to guide us in the things that will be spoken and the understanding that we may gather from your holy word. These words are precious to us, Father. They've been given to us by you to guide us and direct us. May the things that I say, the things that I share, the things that I express bring honor to your name and as well touch each of our spirits that we will live and do according to your will always. It is so good to have a time to share together. We ask, Father, please now guide us in these moments that we share. It's in Jesus' name we humbly pray. Amen. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 8, please. What does it mean to uh, celebrate harmony in God's kingdom? What does the word harmony actually mean? I want to take a couple examples from Scripture today regarding what it means to find harmony with our Creator. And then I want to talk about what it means to find harmony with one another from Scripture. Mankind has much difficulty in knowing how to live in harmony with each other. There's a lot of things that get in the way. Satan is part of the dis disagreement, part of the conflict that occurs. But when we find spiritual harmony, then we have discovered what exactly it means to be in harmony with God and with one another. Now here's how we'll do it this morning. And I do have a favor to ask of you regarding it. I'm going to give us an example of what it means to find spiritual harmony with God from the book. Then I'm going to share one of my own stories in this life journey. Now, the reason I share my story with you this morning is because it's part of everyone's story here. Because, see, if all of you are here today, it's because you as well want to be in harmony with God. Amen. Someone or someones planted a seed of faith in you, each one of you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here today. So even though I might share my story, you all have your story as well. And of course, I'll talk a little bit about that in the course of a journey as well. But first, let's take a look at God's Word. The book of Acts, chapter 8. Let me begin in verse 26. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. On his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Philip ran up to the chariot, heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. As a lamb before the shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. And who can speak of his descendants? Because, you see, his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who was the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? I want to stop right there 
we'll come back to the conclusion of this at the end of my message. This man from Ethiopia is a distinguished individual. He's the treasurer or queen. He's going to Jerusalem because he wants to worship God. He's looking to find what it means to have a relationship with his creator. Looking to understand some purpose and direction in life. Now we might say, well, he's got a pretty good handle on life. He's got a position of authority. He's ahead of the treasury. He's in charge of something. And he's a direct report to a queen. He's in pretty good shape. But there is more to life that he needs. I got the easy part. Song leaders got to do the rest of it, right? <laughs> so any event of his life, He's anxious to find God. This is his purpose and his direction for going to worship. It's interesting, he's reading from the book of Isaiah the prophet. He must have had some scrolls with some access uh, to the understanding of what it meant to worship God. So he knew something, but he needed more to understand. In other words, he had been given a seed of faith because he believed in a creator, a God, one God. But he needed a little more information regarding it. Let me share my story. Now we're going to go in another direction here. The year is early 1972. I'm drawing to the close of my time of service on an island called Okinawa in the Pacific. I, too, am trying to understand what it is that God would want me to do with the rest of my life. I've got to make a decision now. 20 years of age, time to move on to the next phase. Do I stay in the military? What do I do? On this particular island, near the barracks where we lived, was a hill, a grassy slope that was pretty steep. Many people would go and sit on that grassy hill and look out into the ocean because from that vantage point, you could see all the blue of the Pacific Ocean. You could see the shoreline. You could see the coral reefs at the same time. Now, there was traffic down below because there was a highway called Highway 1, which is easy because there was only one highway on the island at that point. <laughs> but cars were going up and down. People were carrying out their lives. But there I sit looking. And I would often pray, talk to God, because it was just too moving not to think about God. And of course, in the Pacific, there's always a breeze. So, you know, depending on the length of the breeze, the strength of the breeze, it reminds you of, quote, God's spirit moving about you. So here's my prayer. God, I need to know what it is you want to do with my life. What is the next step for me? I need to understand more about it. Now, my upbringing for seed of faith was not in church do we know today. However, I always had a condition of who God was. And that wasn't the only hill that I'd been on as an individual regarding talking to God. Most of you don't, may know I grew up in a very small town, a very small town. Matter of fact, it's so small we don't even have a stoplight in our town. But in any event, there was a hill adjacent to the home I grew up in. Field, forest, often played up there and often did the same thing. When I could look down from that hill, I could see the stream that ran through the valley. I could look across to the east and see the hills with the fields of wheat, corn, potatoes, whatever, the forests themselves. And I would talk to God again regarding, what do you want me to do? Now, the, by the time I got to Okinawa, the prayer request was a little bit different from the time I was a child. 
because I had to add some things on. By the way, Lord, can I get a wife? I'd like a family, too. A big family, Lord, if you can do that for me. So I'm looking for some things beyond just what the spiritual aspect is, but I want a little bit more full aspect of life in general. Well, I'm going to fast forward now on you. The year is 1975. All right. I'm at Kodak working. I meet my future wife. Now, there's a whole lot more between that and here, but I'll just get to the quick details regarding that part of it, right? <laughs> and you have the story of the story of the story of the story yeah, that's right. <laughs> In any event, within a year, I'm married. God gave me a son, a daughter. She's one of 17 children. I have a host of brother-in-law, sister-in-laws, nieces, and nephews. Later, I would read the scripture. Ask, and you shall receive. Amen. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And for everyone who knocks, if you want to really be in spiritual harmony with God, he'll open the door. That's my story. <clears throat> now you get to share yours with me throughout the course of the day. So this is what I say regarding this aspect of it, because this is important. The world has difficulty understanding harmony. But for you and I, because we have found harmony with God, it's different. We know what God intends for us. We understand what God wants us to be. And in that search for a relationship with God, each one of you has your own story, something you can share regarding how you came to know God. Now, in this audience, there's a lot of different stories. As a matter of fact, how many people in this audience were actually born in New York State? Raise your hand. Maybe a third. So right off the bat, most of you come from some other part of the country. As a matter of fact, I found out from, I think it was Martha told me. Gerard, were you born in New York or Florida? New York. How about Yvonne? Where was she born? New York. New York? Beverly too? Martha, you're born in Florida, right? Think about that. Half the family were foreigners. Some were Florida, some from New York. That you grew up together, right? What I'm saying is another aspect is it's part of life where a coming together takes place for everyone. And however you came to find the creator or had a relationship with God, someone shared it with you. It could be your family members, could be friends, could be neighbors, could be just a stranger that talked to you about God. Next thing you know, you found what it is. But the key is, just as this Ethiopian eunuch found, when you seek to have a relationship with God, he is going to find you. And by his providence, you will come to know who God is in that direction. Now, there's much more to the story regarding what took place in the years ahead. Because my wife and I and family grew up at the Northside Congregation. All right? And it was a time of great fulfillment regarding what God's purpose was and who it is. Now, you might say, well, it's different. It's different because, you see, when I asked God for something, he directed me and gave it to me. I still believe this to this day. Now, one thing about God and race. In God's view, there is only one race called the human race. The rest of us think about race according to shape, size, color, design, whatever you want to call it. But in God's creation, everyone is made from the same God. 
He breathes the soul of life into every individual. So in a sense, when I asked for my direction, this is how he directed me, and this is where he brought me. How good it is to know that God is part of the journey. Yes. Now there's another part that has to do with spiritual harmony. I want us to turn over to Romans for a moment. And this is Romans chapter 16. Paul is closing his letter to the church at Rome. Now what's interesting about this is he has never really been to Rome at this point. He writes this letter from the church in Corinth. And yet he's saying he's going to be coming to them soon, but he knows a lot of people who are in Rome. How did that come about? We'll find out in a minute. In any event, he begins to list the names of all the people that have been influential in his life. I've often wondered, why was this chapter in the Bible? I have all these names to read, some of them difficult to pronounce, and at the same time, I know nothing else about them. All right? What is that story all about? Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the folks that he's meant. All right? It says in verse 1, I commend you to our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Censoria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of saints and to give her help that she may need from you. She has been a great help to many people, including me. Nothing else regarding her, but there she is, listed in the pages of inspiration from God, by God's Holy Spirit and design. Next he says, Greek Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, they risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Let's pause for a moment and talk about this couple, Aquila and Priscilla. They appear in the scene in Acts chapter 18, while Paul is at the city of Corinth. They're already there. They had been driven from Rome because the emperor there had driven certain beliefs of people out of the city of Rome. Aquila is a tent maker, just like Paul. The scripture says in Acts, verse 3, that they dwelt together and worked together. Verse 9 says they were here for a year and a half. Aquila, Priscilla, and Paul lived together with one another for a year and a half. Now, we get the scripture, we get the high points, get some parts regarding it, but you can imagine what it's like for Paul to spend time with Aquila, working on tents, earning money, sharing their lives, talking about their history. They came to know each other closely, as well as Priscilla, preparing meals properly. They ate together, slept in the same dwelling places. They grew together in their relationship. It became so strong and so important that as Paul was preparing to leave Corinth and make his way back to Antioch, where he began his second missionary journey, Aquila and Priscilla went with him. Scripture tells us when he got to Ephesus on his way back to Antioch, he left them there in the city to help the saints that were there, other believers. Later it tells us that while they were there, they had the church begin to meet in their home in Ephesus. In other words, they were bringing people in to assemble, to worship, to study, to pray together, to learn each other. And Aquila and Priscilla, dedicated to the work of God. And it goes on to tell us in the Romans chapter 16 other names as well. Paul lists individuals who are actually family members. A couple of his cousins or relations he talks about actually obeyed the gospel before he did. Could you imagine what it was like for them to know that their cousin Paul was trying to search out folks? He was called Saul then, trying to kill people who believed the way they believed. What do I do about cousin Saul? 
And the caller Saul says, what do I do about cousin so-and-so? But eventually they came to be part of the same body of believers, providence of God. In addition to that, he talks about some other ventures down here. He mentions Rufus in one verse of 13, I think it is, uh, chosen the Lord and his mother, who has been a mother to me. How many of you in here have a mom, a dad, a brother or sister who's not your biological family, but have served as a mother or a father to you in a way special regarding relationship? Spiritual harmony, what it means to dwell with people, to gather together, and to understand one another. Now, I'll give me a comparison from my story regarding it. I'm not going to call people's names, although some of them are in the audience. You'll know I'm talking about you when I talk about it as well. All right? When we were together, early parts of our marriage, there's much to know and understand regarding it. There's going to be some ups and downs. There's a lot of questions I have about my faith, about what the church is, what it means, what scripture teaches. I need to know some things besides that. There was a couple that took us in. And by that I mean we spent Friday nights, usually at their home, dinner, playing games. Their first child was just a baby. And then through the course of the journey, continued to care for us, just like we knew them forever. But we grew closer. And there were other couples that did the same thing. Eventually, as we grew and got stronger, we became and Aquila and Priscilla, to some other people who obeyed the gospel, young couples that we knew and shared. So when we talk about harmony among people, it's really an entrance into each other's lives and a caring for one another. Now, there are going to be some times in our life when it gets difficult and challenges are on. Now, the 15 years at the Northside Congregation were so good, so filled with so many good memories and good relationships, that when we left, it was detrimental. I even questioned my faith. I couldn't even eat. I was struggling very hard, trying to understand, what's this all about? You know, this doesn't make sense to me. And on top of it, I had to leave some people that I was loved deeply and dearly behind. Again, the gift that God gave me, my wife says, well, we're not going to live doing things this way. If we're going to go someplace else, we've got to get involved. Let's get it back on the journey. Let's, go, let's get back busy doing what we were doing before. Good advice. Save my faith. Again, spiritual harmony visits us because we begin to do what God wants us to do, not what we think is the right thing to do or what we think we understand regarding situations. Needed time to understand why things happened and, of course, to forgive and to look differently at aspects of life. It's all part of what it means to be in harmony, not just with one another, but with God as well. There were other families that we met with when we came here. Some came with us, and we used their home to live in on Sundays, usually. There are other couples we need with us. We met new people here who shared their lives with us, and we came close to them. Spiritual harmony exists among people who really believe that their God is their director and their guidance in life. And when you live this way, when you look at the world, you say, why is everybody having so much trouble when there is so much good in people that we're around? But it's part of life and the difficulties and struggles that many people have regarding it. So I would share this regarding our time together today. We don't have a whole lot of time to get into all the stories that take place regarding it, all right? 
And there are a lot of things we can share regarding our time together over the years. The important thing is to recognize that God is part of the journey. And the reason that you're here today is because by his providence and his design, he's made it happen. Have a good time. Talk to each other. Meet some people you haven't met. Tell your story of your faith journey, whatever it might be. How many of us in here actually grew up in the Church of Christ? There's about 10 hands in here. Think about that for a moment. So where does your seed of faith begin? It began someplace, because you're here now regarding it. All right? It's a beautiful story. So when we talk about harmony in the world we live in, it all has to do with God in itself. So let me go back to Acts chapter 8. Now, when we talked about our time together, I told Peter I'd have some things to share, but I won't make it too long regarding it. But I get back to chap- Acts chapter 8. Preach, preach it, brother. Preach. Okay. Don't worry about it. Philip about Jesus. He goes on to tell him what it means to understand God a little more deeper than what you might know at this point. As a result of it, he's baptized. All right? He believes that Jesus is God's son, and he enters into a relationship with him by his baptism. The key verse in this whole passage is in verse 39. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, and went on his way rejoicing. When I read that scripture the first time, I searched the book of Acts. What happened to this guy from Ethiopia? Did he convince Candace the queen to believe like he believed? Did he start a church down back in Ethiopia? I mean, where's the rest of the story? But God only gives us this part of the story. He went on his way rejoicing. Now, granted, I might tell you today, this is a time to rejoice and be on our way rejoicing. But there are all kinds of chapters in our lives that are difficult to endure, difficult to understand, and difficult to move through. But the key to the whole story regarding harmony with God is to realize that we should be, quote, on our way rejoicing. We have been given an opportunity by God to know what it means to draw closer to him to know our creator in a way that many people never experience. So when we talk about the fact of engaging in spiritual harmony, first of all, thank God. Thank God for whoever it was that planted the seed of faith, or however it came about. But through that providence and by his design, you and I sit here today with hope of everlasting life and relationship with him when times of trouble come, we can call upon him. And when it's difficult, he'll be with us. And when we need patience, he'll give it to us. When we need mercy, he'll grant it. When we need to be loved and cared for, he'll make a way for it to happen. So, when we talk about enjoying a time together, the food will be good. It will be. But share your faith with one another while we're together. And let it become real to the point that not only can you rejoice about what God has done for us, but you can also realize what it means to be, quote, in spiritual harmony with one another and with our creator. Oh, yes, there's so much we could say regarding how God touches our lives. You know, in Romans, uh, the first chapter, 
is he's explaining to those believers in the church at Rome that those who would not accept God, they had no excuse. I want to read to you verse number 20, I think it is, in chapter 1. I'll start in verse 19. Since what may be known about God was plain to them. In other words, when I sat on that hill in Okinawa, I was a young boy on that hill in the little town of Springwater, it's pretty evident who God is because no one could make this creation except something greater than me. Because God has made it plain to them. For the, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, and now here they are, his eternal power and his divine nature. What is his eternal power? How many years you've been here on earth, how much time you've spent, God has never missed a sunrise or a sunset. Now, a lot might have happened between the time he came up and the time he went down. Some of the days might have been better than others, but in any event, time continues. That in itself should make us pause and realize that something greater than us is alive. And if you're sitting here breathing, well, what we say about that? I know I've had my own personal experiences about what it means to um, <laughs> be well and strong and health. Uh, especially when a doctor tells you, listen, you, you need to do something, otherwise you're going to die. I don't feel anything. <laughs> well, you will feel something. You know something about your condition. In any event, it causes you to pause and give thanks for every breath that God gives us. Yes, sir. Then he says this. Having been made clearly seen, that's God's been seen, being understood from what has been made, so that then men are without excuse. We don't have any excuse for not serving God and living in harmony, not only with him, but with one another. Because he's been given us the opportunity not only to recognize his eternal power and his divine nature, in other words, he's beyond human people, we've also been an opportunity to know what it means to enter relationship with him. That in itself is special. As a matter of fact, there might be somebody here today, maybe this is your providential day, maybe this is the day you need to enter into Christ, to be baptized. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Good. That's what Philip asked the eunuch. And he responded, I do believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Here's water. This is your day to fulfill God's providence and to enter into relationship with God. Now you might say, well, I need to know more. Talk with us. Be glad to share our faith with you. Understand what it means to be in Christ. And then finally, let me say this regarding it. There is so much we can talk about how good it is to be a part of God's family and all the things that he blesses us with. But there comes a point in our life also we have to realize that we're like Paul when he wrote to Timothy. In 2 Timothy he says, I know in whom I believed, and I am convinced that he is able to provide or deliver for me until that day. In other words, there's nothing going to turn us back now regarding it. So sometimes what we need to do, that commitment that you and I have regarding our relationship with God needs to be shared with someone who's struggling with it. I've had a point in my life when I've questioned my faith, and I've had someone to come to the rescue, someone to help me to be stronger, to realize the value of God's presence. So not only do we talk about the good points today, but if there's something difficult in your life, even today you're struggling with, it might be a good time to share it, to get some help to realize what harmony in the spirit really means. I encourage you all to spend time together today. Take your time. Uh, I know we have a meal prepared, and sometimes you want to eat and get moving. 
but there's probably a good pot of coffee down there, some plenty of things for us to participate in. Stay around for a while and share with each other. Talk with each other. Grow together. It's been a long time since so we could share together in a fellowship time and actually talk about life's journey. Make it meaningful and worthwhile for everyone here today. And as I've said, if you have thoughts in your mind regarding you want to enter into Christ, speak with us, please, regarding it. It's an opportunity for each of us. Bow with me, please, in a word of prayer. Thank you, Almighty Father, for the time we've come together this day, at this moment, in this hour. Your words mean so much to us and teach us so many things. We ask, Father, please, as we continue our walk together, that you allow us to not only live in harmony with one another, but to live in harmony with you and with your word. How good it is to know that you think of us as your precious children. And we are grateful, proud to be called children of God. But in our journey, Father, please help us to remain patient, to seek out the words that will encourage and help others. For those who are in need or struggling, let us take the time to be careful, to be tender, to understand, to be patient. And yes, Lord, as servants of thy son's kingdom, you have given us many gifts, many talents, many ways which we can serve. Help us to use them wisely according to your will. And for every person who will come to know you, to realize what it means to be in harmony with your will, again, to you be the honor, the glory, the praise. Be with us as we continue in our service. Strengthen us in our understanding relationship with each other and, of course, with you. And yes, Father, it is so good to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. It's in Jesus' name we humbly pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for being with us today.